it's cool to know that it's not just Joe Blow civilian or you know some some bad person out there. There are good people actually in the community that are doing this. So and and I'm thankful to have met a lot of great people in this process. My name's Jason Schaller, and it is my pleasure to welcome Angry Sarge to the show. Now, you may not have heard of Angry Sarge. He's a relatively new content creator, but he's been in the builder community for, well, a while. And he's a super nice guy. We're going to talk about gun building. We're going to talk about military service and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, before we talk to Angry Sarge, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by... Falco holsters. Now, I really love leather holsters. I mean, they are definitely my go-to. But what I like about Falco holsters is really the quality. You can actually feel the craftsmanship because these things are handmade. That's right. You go to their website, you tell them how you want your holster made, and in 10 days, you're going to get that holster made to your specifications in 10 days. Now, you got holsters like this. This is the Roto holster. This is the shoulder holster that I worked with earlier. Now it's winter time. I got a chance to play with it. Super love this holster. Now, with Falco, it's any gun, any budget, without sacrificing quality. Just because you buy a cheaper holster from them doesn't mean you're sacrificing quality. It just a couple of little bells and whistles you might not have with a higher priced one. Go check out Falco Holsters at falcoholsters.com and use the checkout code BANSHEE to save yourself 10%. With the bills paid, let's talk to Angry Sarge. Sarge, tell me about your love of guns. Sure. Hey, everybody. Angry Sarge. Um, I'm a new content creator. I'll just say that. Um, very small YouTube channel. I hit over 100, so... If you want to come check me out, I'd definitely appreciate it. But um, I'm just a dude that kind of fell into this whole, I won't say the whole 2A space, but as far as the the content and building and stuff like that because of, you know, something that occurred when I was in the military. I got hurt on a deployment, and um, I just kind of landed here, met some good people, and I'm here on your channel. Awesome. And, and, you know, thank you so much for your service. Uh, you know, we've talked before and, and that's just so awesome. You know, we were talking right before we started recording. Um, you, you originally started in the national guard. Right. And then, um, nine 11 hit. Right. And you went active duty then, right? Yeah. So the, the funny thing was, is I was in, um, what we called AIT advanced individual training. So kind of like your school after you go through basic combat training. And um, we weren't even finished yet. I was going through the armor course for um, 19 kilo, which is a tanker. I wanted to be a tanker and shoot big guns and stuff like that. But um, right after the towers fell, I remember my drill sergeants coming in. They're like, hey, you guys are going to Afghanistan. You're going to be infantry. And I was like, infantry? I didn't sign up for this, right? And I was like, all right, I'm good with it, whatever. So um, that didn't happen, obviously. Um, after that, when I got back to my unit, I just felt a very strong calling to 
deploy. And I left actually before we invaded Iraq. And when I went active duty, I was stationed at Fort Hood and kind of like the cavalry life. I was in the seventh cav. That's where I got my first, I cut my, my teeth at in combat was in the seventh cavalry. So very interesting, very prestige history. Um, I got to meet some pretty solid guys that were at LZ X-ray, which is from the movie. We were soldiers. Um, got to meet general Moore. got to meet, uh, Plumlee retired command sergeant major Plumlee. Um, obviously that's, before they that's passed. Like, that's like military royalty right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was a very interesting time, especially when you're young and you don't really know anything and you're coming in. And then the next thing you know, you're watching a movie about your unit that you just came to because you got to have that history. Right. Yeah. And then meeting those guys within the next week. And it's like, what, you know? So it was really cool. And then after that, I kind of, uh, went to a lot of places, uh, fell in love with, um, some unique units that I worked with. And, uh, that's all I wanted to do was go out, serve, deploy, do whatever needs to be done. But, um, I know I got my fill of it and I came back. When was it? Oh, eight. 2008, I just had enough. I, I spent four years just back to back, just going. And um, that's tough. It, yeah, it ruined my first marriage, which was really hard. But um, I was trying to think what could I do to continue that purpose and serve. So I joined law enforcement. And that's, that's how I came into that, which led me back into the National Guard because I couldn't walk away. I had eight years yeah. of service. By that point, you're almost halfway done, so you want to serve and continue that, and that's what I did. I joined the Guard and um, started doing more deployments, unfortunately. So. <laughs> oh, and, that's, and that's the kind of the nice thing is you took, your, you took your, your experience and you moved it over into the civilian world right. with law enforcement. So it's, it's kind of like you've got all this training. What do you do with it? And right. then um, you do that, and then you stay in the guard as well. So you get you kind of get that both the best of both worlds, right? And then you slowly make you you slowly make that transition over, right? Yeah, and I mean it it was hard because when you go from being somebody that's seen all the things that I've seen uh, during some of the deployments, and you know losing some people that were you're really close to, I mean. It's a hard transition back to civilian life. Like they don't teach you that. When you go through basic training, they tear you down, and now you're built back up to be, you know, a warrior per se. And then when you get out, it's like you don't have that transition. And they try. Yeah. And I mean, I've done it. They try, but it, they just don't hit the mark. But yeah. You know, I know a lot of I know a lot of people that have served and have come out and have had a hard transition. And one of the things, one of the things that drives me nuts is that you know we're really good at spinning wars up. Yeah, we're really crappy of dealing with the aftermath when yeah. everybody's coming back home, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. um, I mean, 
look, bad stuff happens, right? Right. And then, you know, we get back and they're like, okay, we have the VA. Well, then you have, I mean, look at the the waiting list (laughs) to get into the VA, right? I mean, I will tell you, having gone through the process, like, it would disgust people if they saw exactly what I went through as a wounded warrior. Whenever I got hurt on deployment and then came back and I had to go through the whole medical process to the point where I had to file a congressional to get my benefits turned back on while I was still active duty going through medical and then them trying to refrat me, which refratting is when they send you back and say, all right, we're done with you. You're good to go. And they send you back to your unit. Well, I still needed emergency surgeries and I couldn't get medical equipment that I needed. Just all these things that just it's disgusting. And then, you know, I hate to say it, but we had suicides in our unit. Why? Why did a wounded warrior feel like he had to take his life? Because we don't get treated with respect and we don't get cared for. They think we're shamming. And that's what a lot of it is, is you get, you get people that come in that want to take advantage of the system and and try to play it. And it hurts the rest of us. I'll say that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause, cause there's been people I've talked to, um, you know, I, in my, in my day job, I've had several uh, vets that have served, they've come back and I've talked to them, you know, Sometimes they, they have some problems and, you know, I'm sitting down talking to them like, Hey, look, man, I know you, I, I, I know your personality and stuff. Something's off, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what it is, whatever it is, go, go get some help. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that you're going to be one of the 22 pushups. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want that for you. So, you know, and then, you know, they go off, get some, some, some help and then, you know, it's, it, it's all, it's all good when you come back. I don't care. Um, yeah. But then that's a, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, anybody that needs help, you know, get it. Don't, don't, you're not yeah. alone. There's so many people you can talk to. Yeah. And, and there's so many services out there, especially, especially if you're a veteran, I mean, military one source, uh, call them. They'll yeah. get you taken care of. I promise you that I've, I've had to use them not for that specific thing, but for for other things that I needed help with, and they helped me out. So, I mean, there's there's programs out there. If you're a wounded warrior, wounded warrior projects another good thing. Um, Team RWB is another good one. Um, I would say the VA, but it just depends. Like it's hit or miss. Like I'll tell you yeah. this: I have never fought with the VA about anything anything. You know, I came back and it was easy. They were like, dude, you're like jacked up. You blew out your hips. You completely, like I lost feeling in one of my, my right foot where I completely destroyed that hip and all this other stuff that happened um, with it. And they were like, yep, hundred percent. Here you go. No fight. But the army, I fought with them every step of the way, every step of the way. And it was, it was sad to see that, but even now with my VA transition, if I need something, it's, it's pretty easy to get it, but I, I don't, I can say from my dad's perspective, because he's a, he's a wounded warrior as well. He's retired military. Um, he's had more problems than I've had 
which is crazy because he lives close to a military installation. Man. You know, so it's it's hit yeah. or miss. So it really is. You, know, you you come out of the military and you're you're law enforcement, and you decide to start going into um, the crater. <laughs> you know the, the the firearm creation. I mean, yeah. I mean that's so, kind of a kind of a a weird step, right? But not really. I mean, think about it. I've been around firearms since true. I was eighteen. We'll just say eighteen years old. Um, I'm shooting fully automatic weapons and three round bursts. You know, through the military and M9 pistol. You know, the Beretta. So all these different things kind of led into that. And coming from a state that was very um, prohibited against firearms to a, a free state. It's night and day. I was like, Oh, I can own firearms. I got it. I'm buying, just buying everything I can get. So no. So I'll tell you the little story behind that. Um, whenever I got hurt, this was back in 2018, uh, December timeframe, I was medevac back. Um, and when I came back, I was on post for about six, eight months while they were trying to get me set up with community care so I can go back home, right? So when I got back home, I didn't feel a purpose anymore. Like I was still going through all my medical stuff and I was like, what what do I do after service? I know I still have a job civilian wise because I'm, I still work for said agency, but um, how do I feel that? void that I'm having because I'm sitting here. I went to school. I got my master's degree in a year because wow. I, I had to do something. So it was either yeah. me intern somewhere or go to school. And I was like, just send me to school. I'll get my master's degree and then kind of push on from there. But I needed something to keep me busy. And then I was searching on YouTube. Who pops up? MGB. Yeah. And then bam. I just went down a rabbit hole <laughs> and, and started yeah. building and all that stuff. And I mean, I enjoy it. I, and it's funny because everybody's like, well, you know, these are being used in crimes and stuff. And I was like, I haven't seen one. And the only time <laughs> that I did see one, someone called me and was like, hey, um, what do you think about this? Is this legit? And I was like, yeah, that's an actual P80. Because it wasn't serialized, you know. So, but it wasn't used in a crime. It was just taken off somebody who um, wasn't allowed to own weapons. So, I mean, it is a crime, but it wasn't used it's, in a crime. Yeah, it's not the. It's not the. The you know, it's not like you pulled it off a gangster doing drive-bys yeah. and no. yeah. And no, it was. It it's was, funny that you found it was it on a. Deep. It was on an eighteen-year-old. So. It's, it's funny that you found MGB because that's actually how the two of us met a month yeah. ago, yeah. right? I mean, we were joking around offline, like, yo, we know all the same people, but yeah. we never, like, our paths never crossed right. until like a month ago. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny because I started going down um, the whole uh, Polymer 80 route. And it's funny because I was talking to him uh, a week ago. We, we were kind of joking around about this because... You know, I had my channel before he had his, and then someone was watching one of my videos. He's like, "Don't do that." Well, go go watch MGB, and uh, <laughs> you're like, "You're going to screw this thing up." And I'm like, 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you look if you look at the date of this video, um, it's before he even had a channel. Right. Um, you know, because when he came up, I started watching his videos. I'm like, oh, screw it, I'm not doing Polymer 80 videos anymore. This yeah. this this guy's got it right. I yeah. mean, he, his content's like <laughs> the best out there. So right. um, he can carry that torch, no problem. You know, and I'll send people to you know, I was sending people to his videos like, hey man, you want you know, go go watch his stuff. He he's gonna he's gonna steer you straight. And, right. Um, but yeah, he's he's he he brought so many people into 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 gun making. It's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, it, even from we'll just say my two jobs that I was doing, um, I was pushing people over to him. You know, deputies and and just police officers and then military dudes. I was like, you need to do this. This is awesome. This is fantastic. So um, it, it's cool to know that it's not just Joe Blow civilian or, you know, some some bad person out there. There are good people actually in the community that are doing this. So and and I'm thankful to have met a lot of great people in this process. It's just, um, you know, it, it, it's so great. I, I love hearing stories about people coming into, um, into the, into the homemade gun building because, you know, I, I was an FFL. So, you know, I was working on guns and then right. I started working through, um, uh, my first, well, my, my first build was, uh, 1911. So okay. I like went like, you know, Usually people start at the Palmer 80, yeah. worked their way to the MUP one, then to the, then eventually did nine millimeter, maybe, or not the, the 1911, maybe. Yeah. I went like right to the 1911. <laughs> um, because at the time that was, uh, that was a Mosin virus was okay. doing all the 1911 stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember watching one of his videos going, oh crap, I got to do that. Right. right. I, I just have to do. I, yeah, I, I understand. I work on guns and everything, but I just have I have to do this. Yeah. Um, and it was funny. I was talking to uh, my mom uh, like it was right over the holidays. And, she, you know, she was like talking about, all, you know, the news about ghost guns and all this stuff. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, let me uh, let, let me tell you what this is. Right. And um, and she's like, well, why? Why do this? I'm like a, a sense of accomplishment sense of pride um you know when i when i do something uh you know i have a 1911 right here that I, i've been working on for a couple of years you know i did the, i did the hand checkering of the front strap um and i did it by hand um you know i i don't i dehorned the slide i i did all this work to it and i'm explaining what i did to it and she's like well how much time do you have into that gun and i'm like probably about 100 hours mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of time, it's, it's a lot of time. And she's like, well, why? I'm like, because it's completely unique. It's, it's unique to me. It's what I wanted. My slide to frame fit is exactly the way I want it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, uh, that's going to be mine. And it's, it's going to, you know, it's, it's a gun that's going to compete with a $5,000 Kimber. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you hand you did everything by hand, the fitting and yep. all that stuff. So it's just like the polymer eighty. That's why I like it is because it's mine, and I know it's going to run every time. It's fit just exactly. the way I like it. So, yeah, I get and, it. And that's why I love that's why I love people coming into this because they're looking at this 
look, it's it's a piece of machinery. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's a, a piece tool. of machinery. It's a tool, exactly. Yeah. And then you start learning like, okay, well, if you don't, you know, cut this out of a polymer 80, your your spring is gonna rub, right? right. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna screw up your cycling. Yeah. And then you know, you start learning about about this tool. About, right. hey, look, this is just not you don't just go in and just start, you know, doing crap to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you you gotta understand exactly what you're doing. Yes, you're going to cut here, you're gonna cut these off, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, you, you listen to MGB talk about this stuff and he's like, you know, okay, I can, I can take a knife off and just cut this thing off. But he's like, no, no, no. We're, yeah, you can do that, but we're going to yeah. make it look perfect. Yep. Like it came off you the know? factory floor. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, and that's why I love, I love seeing these builds come out because yeah. everybody's like, well, it's a polymer 80. Everybody's doing a polymer 80. I'm like, but not every polymer 80 is the same. Yeah. It all depends on what the person has done to it. And then, you know, people are going through and going, okay, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I built this polymer 80, but I don't like the grips, which kind of leads into stippling, which is, well, you're kind of your wheelhouse there. I mean, some, Um, I do a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Like, I mean, I saw a picture on your Instagram um, was uh, I think it was your Instagram with where it's like your first stippling job. You're like, oh, yeah. I, you know, hey, this is my first stippling job, you know. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, that's that's like freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think it's trash, but you know, we're always our own worst. We're critic. Always our hard, yeah, yeah, we're always our worst <laughs> critic. Yeah, it's true. But you know what? The funny thing is, is um, I was always into modifying firearms prior to this whole thing. So that's what kind of made it even better and made me want to join more and do it was because I'm a weirdo. I'm not going to lie to you. And it's because I'm left eye (laughs) dominant, right? Left eye dominant. So whenever I shoot my rifle, I have to shoot it left hand. Even though I'm right-handed, I shoot my pistol with my right hand and my rifle with my left hand. So I had to learn that. And it was funny because when you go back in time, I remember when I was shooting right-handed with the rifle and I couldn't hit anything in basic. So me and the drill sergeant, we were just going back. He was like, oh, you can't shoot a rifle. You're you're an idiot. And how do you miss? And this and that. And then come to find out I was left eye dominant. And then learning, you know, especially like CQB and stuff like that, especially like first deployment in Iraq where I'm carrying a 20-inch M16A2, that big long thing, and trying to clear houses and putting the buttstock over my shoulder and using my thumb as as the front sight, you know, just all these different things that I learned and then modifying. Like my SWAT rifle was modified by me. All ambi parts, I put them on myself because the armor was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, okay, are we going to get me a left-handed rifle? Stag arms, you know, something. And uh, they didn't want to do that. So they're just like, here you go. Do what you got to do. And I I just did it myself because I was already doing it before. Yeah. So and that kind of just preempted me into um, the whole building process. So I may not have known what I was doing to actually build it until I saw MGB. And I creeped. I will tell you. 
I creeped that forum that he had for about <laughs> three months. But I was a VIP from the gate. So as soon as I found the forum, I paid for the VIP because I wanted to know what was going on. If there was any inside information or something yeah. like that. So I paid for it right out the gate. And then I just stepped back and I just watched everybody having all these problems. And guess what didn't happen with mine? Their problems. Yeah. Because I saw the fixes and all that stuff. So whenever I built my first one, it was like, like I knew what I was doing the whole time. So, you know, it's funny. I just, I got this, I got this vision right now. Right. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about the whole left eye dominant shooting the rifle left eye right. left handed. You shoot your pistol right here. You're the only person that I know that could dual wield a rifle and a pistol at the same time. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think about transitions like, and, and I'll go into this with my own channel as far as training and stuff like that, because I think it really does add value to those people that are weird like me. Cause I know I'm not the only one, but transition wise, I could be up on the gun, bringing it down and then drawing pistol and doing what I got to do with one hand. You know, yeah. I don't have to worry about it. So yeah. Cause like for, for somebody like me with a, with a, that's right hand, right hand, right hand, right eye dominant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I have my rifle, right? Yep. So I'm going to have to put my rifle down in order to draw my pistol. Yeah. You'll have to grab yeah. it with the other hand and stow yeah. it while you're drawing. Yeah. So that's, that's just training. You'll get fast at that too. But it's just funny. It, it, you know, it, I, didn't I didn't even, you I didn't even think of <laughs> Siri. Siri, <geez. laughs> <laughs> Siri spying on you. Yeah. Um, the, uh, cause I, I, I didn't even think about transitions. Um, yeah. It's just it's I, it's just so weird. Sorry, I just I just got this this vision of of you with your mask, you know, <laughs> dual, dual wielding a rifle and a pistol at the same time. Yeah, I mean it's it it has saved my life on countless occasions. I'll say that um, because not only have I been to combat, but I've also done it in real time in the states. Here, I, I was ambushed. Um, I actually talked about it on an interview with uh, DOD After Dark that I was ambushed on on a call that um, we're going to do pretty much a uh, stop calling because we had been out there four times and I rolled up to my deputy. I was supervisor and I was like, hey, you know, I need to tell this guy to stop calling and we're going to take him to jail. And as soon as I got there, he he's letting off rounds. So. Yeah. But I mean, it, you learn, I'm telling you the training, that's the biggest key with me, like purpose. And I'm sure people are going to find out that more, but I'm big about purpose. Like if you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to be like, okay, why? What's your purpose behind it? And then I can help you understand maybe a better way to figure out what you're doing or, you know, kind of move from there how to pick your gear, what's your purpose? Are you doing just flat range or are you planning on being an assaulter because you're going to join the military and go special forces or something, you know, things like that. It's, it's funny because what's going through my mind right now is yeah, I'm very not tactical, right? Uh, just, it's just, yeah, it's just okay. not me. And well, I had a, you know, ghost tactical is, is a friend of mine. Right. And I remember being on his podcast one time and they're talking about like, 
you know, plate carriers and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, what do you think? I go, yeah, it's just not me. <laughs> he's just like, and he said, he stops and he's sitting there. He goes, I'm trying to visualize you in a plate carrier and it just doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, dude, you just, you're just not going to. As long as it work. fits. Yeah. And it goes. Like, We're good. It's just like, uh, I, yeah, you know, I'm asking me what plates and what plate carriers I got. Dude, I don't have one, right? It's just, that's just not me. But I, I think it's cool as crap. Um, but, and, and when I, I start thinking about with, with gear and stuff where people just go out and buy crap, right? Well, I a lot look, of it. I want to look cool, right? That's it. I want to wear what uh, Grand Thumb's wearing. Yeah. Okay. Do you need that? I mean, do you need yeah. to waste the money? Like, look at this. This is just my show carrier. This is a minimalist from LA police gear. I don't care. I'm not trying to stop any rounds. I'm just on yep. a show. It's part of my little thing. But even then, do you see me buying Cry or Spiritus or anything like that? No. If I if I need it for deployment, possibly, yes. But I've got decent stuff that doesn't cost a whole lot of money. It works. I've used it on deployments. I know it's proven gear. So it just... People get caught up in that. I want to look like Travis Haley or Grand Thumb or all these yeah. Instagram uh, influencers and all that stuff, you know, that have the GP MVGs with the panos. Yeah. And, you know, what I'm saying yeah. you don't need that. Why, why do you want to spend thirty thousand dollars? Spend, you know, half that and get a full setup. Yeah. And, so. and it'll work for you. And that's yeah. and that's the thing is people just. They don't know. They're they're they want to be they want to be that tactical. They want to look at they they want the look, but they don't think. So they're gonna yeah. they're gonna do one of two things. They're gonna go crazy here or mm -hmm. crazy here. Yep. And then and they're gonna a forget whole world between. Yeah, they're gonna forget that middle piece where now that you've got whatever, even a firearm, as soon as you get a firearm, why aren't you training? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you just going to yep. sit there and say, oh, well, this gun's going to save my life because I got a gun? <laughs> okay. Well, Good so, luck. Okay. You know, you're military and law enforcement, so you understand the concept of in stress, we don't resort to our highest mastery of a, of a, of a subject. We resort to our lowest mastery of that subject. Yeah. So the more training you do, you're raising that bottom bar because, I mean, let's face it. Um, the average person, I'm going to go buy a gun and that's going to save my life. No, that's the tool. Yeah. You have to have another tool called training. Yeah. You got to have a holster, training. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's, yeah. There's yeah. so much it's, more to it. It's, it's, it's not a tool. It's a system, right? You know, you have multiple tools, right? You have the gun, you have the ammo, you have the training. Um, them together is the system that will save your life. Not, right. you know, I, I think about over the past few years, uh, we hear about, you know, there's 5 million new gun or, you know, I hate the statistics because really there's probably more or less or whatever, yeah. but you hear about all these 5 million new gun owners. They bought their first time gun during a time where firearms were, were hard to get and ammo mm -hmm. was damn near impossible. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, so they bought their gun and their token one box of ammo. Hey, look, I'm happy. Welcome to the club. 
Yep. What are you going to do next? Right. I mean, uh, you know, well, ammo is expensive. Dry fire. Cert <laughs> pistol, Manus Blackbeard. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I it's yeah. <laughs> I love my Blackbeard. I got the Blackbeard black X now. Oh nice. Um, That's a good one. Um. Uh, yeah. I I I got the Blackbeard now. The um um I got the the Blackbeard X, and now I don't have to run my X10 on my rifle at the same time. But right. yeah, Blackbeard is awesome. I mean, you want to you want to learn how to use an AR. Mm-hmm. That that's gonna that's gonna help you. Yeah. Um, there's so many things out now to to get that training. Yeah. Um. You, you know, I've got uh, two bad knees. I got uh, at least one knee replacement in my in my near future. Right. So my morning when I wake up, I mean, this is on top of all the other injuries I have, but I have an hour of physical therapy every day when I wake right. up. Well, and I got to do these things where I got to do like these sidesteps and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That's boring as shit. Oh, of course. But there's but there's a target right on that wall. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, got, I, I, yeah. See there you go. Yeah. Yep. That's what I do. So I'll get up in the morning, work out, and then I'll come out to the garage and grab both my pistol and my rifle and just run drills. Yeah. And there's there's no excuses anymore, right? Yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, if you go into, you know, like, uh, the laser mantis laser Academy, there's drills in there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many places you can get that. Now, yes, it's not, I mean, you know, I'll be the first one to admit, Hey, look, dry fire is not a replacement for live fire because, you Mm -hmm. know, you still got to learn recoil management and stuff like that, but it's better than just taking that gun, putting it in a drawer and never touching it again. Yeah. And I, I will say this, the one thing that has kept me on top of my game. So we went through, you know, this whole last couple of year issue, right? Couldn't get ammo, all that stuff. I just kept my ammo as much as I could. Right. So I didn't really shoot a whole lot, but when I went out to recall to get back on duty, it was like, I never left. Why? Because I'm out here dry firing. I'm keeping those fundamentals because once you get the fundamentals down and you understand your grip and how important that is and your trigger press, it's, it's natural after that. And that's why I work my way up. I, I actually, when I train people, I will bring out my Beretta 92 and let them pull that 12 pound pull every time. Decock, you're going to fire every round with that 12 pound because it's going to teach you that trigger discipline and how to actuate that trigger correctly. And then, you know, you think about it. If you're running uh, nine mil, say that's what your carry is, get you a 22. Yeah. 22 is cheaper. Go yeah. sh- shoot with that, get the practice on it, and then turn around and start moving up. That's how I did it. I run, I run 22. Nine mil, whether that's in a pistol or my MPX, and then I go to uh, 22 for the rifle, and then I go MPX again or something like that in those combinations, and then 223. So I may shoot only 50 rounds of 223.556 whenever I'm at the range, and that's just to verify that the training that I did prior to that worked. Yep. 
I was doing what I was supposed to do. So, I mean, yeah, there's so many ways around it. Dry firing's perfect. And um, who is it? Um, T-Rex Arms. He brought that kid from, what was it, Japan? Yeah. That just yep. did airsoft only. And he came yep. and, and tore down the range. Why? Because he was practicing good habits. Well, and that's the thing, because I started playing with airsoft too, right? So mm -hmm. um, for me, for competition, I shoot a... Um, uh, a SIG P320X5. Okay. So I went out and bought a um, an M17 Airsoft, right? Mm -hmm. So the M17 is, you know, technically the X5. Um, it's, you know, slightly minus the grip mod. Yeah. Yeah, minus the grip mod. It's, it's, but it's basically the same. You know, it's, uh, you know, still the same. Yes, the trigger's not the same, but I can still work a drill with mm -hmm. that gun, right? And then, for me, for competition shooting, it's plates and, and Texas stars and, and stuff like that. Well, I have airsoft targets. Now, okay. yes, they're, you know, my Texas star, the plates are like this big. I get it. It's not the same, but I, I'm but shooting aim, in my garage. Yeah, but you're aiming small and missing small too. Exactly. So Same. I can still work the concept, mm -hmm. right? Now, when, you know, I can do that in the wintertime. I'm up here in Montana, so we have fire season where yeah. there's times we literally can't go out shooting because we'll spark off a fire. Mm -hmm. um, so when that happens, I just go shoot some airsoft in mm -hmm. my garage, um, work, work the drill, right? Work, work something out. And then, um, then when I go out and do my live fire, awesome. Um, you know, I can, I can still work through those things. You know, you have uh, cool fire. I mean, yeah. You have a cool fire. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's expensive. Yeah. But I mean, how many rounds through a cool fire do you have to shoot before nine millimeter pays off? Especially nine millimeters, what forty cents a round now? Exactly. You know, when nine yeah. millimeter was nine cents a round, we didn't really care. Oh yeah, I I, I miss those days back before yeah. I deployed. Getting you know, I was getting a case of gecko for a buck fifty, and then shit. God, God that's awesome. You know? I miss yeah. those days. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. That's why I have so much ammunition because whenever I I seen it and Gecko wasn't really a big round back then either. So I just oh. I was like, all right, if it fires, I'll take it out there and run it and just use it for range ammo. And sure enough, man, it it's always functioned for me. So, but yeah, you're right, and that's the great thing about you transferring those skill sets that you've learned from um, doing competition to your your daily training and stuff like that that that's going to help keep you sharp yeah i mean and that's the whole thing is you know for me i carry i carry a gun right um that's it, it goes back to that whole thing of hey look if you're going to carry a tool you need to know how to use the tool yep. and you know we see these people like okay i got my concealed carry permit i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put my gun on awesome well, hey, look, I got a hoodie on, right? Yeah. Well, how am I going to get to my gun with a hoodie on? And pull, right? Yeah. Have you even done that? Right? You put it Have you even tried to draw with cover on or have you even have you even worked on your holster draw? Right. Right? Um and yeah. that dry fire is great for that, right? Right. I, I agree. Mean, 
getting that first, I mean, getting that first round off is, is the hardest one, right? Because you've got so many things, you know, your draw, push out, you know, you got all of those mechanics working, work, work the drill, right? Yeah. Learn, learn it. And, you know, and you get into, okay, okay, I want to practice, but I go to an indoor range and I can't draw from a holster. Some, yeah. Dry fire at home. <laughs> that's that's home. exactly what I do. If I'm going to work holster drills and I know that, say, you know, right now it's it's nice out. So I could go to a range, right? Um, I wouldn't wear short sleeves because it is just a tiny bit cold out here, but not that much. But anyhow, if I know I'm going to go to an indoor range and I know they don't have a private lane where you can't draw from the holster, especially using my credentials or whatever, um, I will just practice those drills at the house. And then when I go to the range, I'll just make up that time doing fundamentals, just working on the fundamentals. That's it. Getting the reps in. Cause that's important. Like making sure I'm, I'm doing my reloads, making sure that I'm, you know, doing the, the basic checks and make sure my firearms running right. Just those are the things that I look at whenever I go to a range where I can't practice movement or draw from the holster or things like that, that I'm, I know normally I would do. So. See, and that's, it, it, you know, practicing movement. Um, yeah. So for me, I was a static shooter. I mean, you know, I've been shooting for uh, almost 42 years now because uh, I started shooting when I was seven. Yeah. It was all static shooting all the way up. Even when I started going into competition, when I turned 21, I started shooting competition with pistols and, mm -hmm. um, but it was all stat. It was still static competition. It wasn't until later when I started doing, um, IDPA, IPSC and that type of stuff yeah. where you start to deal with movement. Um, movement's a very, it's a, it's, it's hard to get, if you haven't done it, it's hard to get your feet moving in the same direction while you're reloading and still trying to pay attention to your next target. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is definitely a perishable skill. Yeah. I mean, you're using a lot of this, especially yeah. when you start doing it for the first time. You're just like, okay, which leg do I step with? How do I leave yeah. this? And then why am I fumbling magazines while I'm moving? Because I can't get my hand to want to do what it, it needs to do. So, yeah. It's the whole chewing bubble gum, patting mm -hmm. your head, rubbing your belly at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got, you've got a lot of, there's a lot of mechanics going on. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we start talking about, you know, okay, going back to, okay, have you drawn from a holster? You know, you're going to carry a gun. Have you drawn from a holster? Do you carry an extra mag? Yeah. Okay, cool. Have you practiced reloading? Yeah. Well, yeah, you might. Yeah. Again, got a hoodie. Now I got this thing. You know, you need to start working through yeah. all these things. And the more that you have those basics down, the less you have to worry about at that point. Yeah. Because and this is go, all muscle. This is muscle it, memory now. Yeah, it goes, it goes back to the rule of 10,000. It takes 10,000 reps to really seat that one function so yeah it, it takes a lot that's why you know usually before i go to work and stuff i will get some reps in how am i doing that i'm getting the firearm out it's clear check it all right i'll holster it up 
I'll bring it out. Admin reload. Back, press check, good to go, holster up. So those are little things that I do. One, because I want to make sure that a round went in because I'm getting ready to go on duty. Because yep. sometimes you can skip right over it. I mean, because the magazine wasn't seated all the way. I've had that happen once. So I don't do that again, you know. So little things like that where you're just getting reps. And then when I come home, it's the exact backwards thing. Out, yeah. unload, clear press out all those little things that you're doing and getting those reps in. That's, yeah, it's funny. I, I I was just thinking about that. You're talking about the magazine, not seated. I remember one time shooting in a competition, you know, all right, load and make ready. Mm -hmm. Right. Holster. Buzzer goes off. Bang. Magazine Drop. falls out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just look like an ass in front of my entire squad. Didn't you post that or repost post, that? No, there, there was no, there was no cameras running when that okay. happened. I, I think somebody, I saw somebody <laughs> post that and I was laughing about that. I was like, you know, I could see been, that happening to me and I wasn't laughing at them. I was laughing with them because I'm sure they were, yeah. they were watching it like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. And you're just sitting there you're like, and, and, and at that point it's like, all right, well, I got to pull another mag out, and I, I, I still got to shoot, right? Yeah. And but your 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 concentration is so broken because yeah. you missed just a minor thing. I just did not press that mag in just a little bit tighter; it would have not have happened, right. right? I mean, I'm now load and make ready. I'm to the point where I put my mag in, and then I'll like pull it, check just it, just to make sure because <laughs> because that happened, right? No, I get it. Uh, I understand it. So when you do a lot of training, what's what's like the when you train other people, what do you see like the most common mistake people make? I I think the the biggest mistake that I've seen is people giving them bad advice just from the get go. That's that's probably the most common thing that I run into is they've gotten bad advice and then trying to break them of of a bad habit. I mean, it happened a couple months ago. I was on the range just I was doing some footage for um what was it? I was running my Glock 48 and I did some stuff for our Instagram and put that on there. But I was out there and a guy was having problems with trying to work his firearm as far as shooting. He couldn't get a good, even a good first shot or even a follow-up shot. It was just terrible. But the RSO was trying to help him, and he's like a retired law enforcement guy, but retired from back in the day, yeah. retired. And he's, he's showing <laughs> – well, he was, he was doing that. I'm not going to lie to you at first. But it wasn't because of the RSO. The RSO tried to fix it. But this guy, let me tell you the thing that bothered me, is this guy was charged with um, being church security. So I'm thinking to myself, like, if something bad happens and he's using all these bad habits and these bad techniques that someone else is showing him because he doesn't know any better, and it's their main instructor for the church security team showing him all these bad habits like yeah. what good is he going to do when something really messed up happens and he's having to draw his gun and he can't even get a shot on target the first round like that's how you win a gunfight whoever hits the yeah. hits the first round on target wins and i mean i i know that 
because I've been through it. And sometimes, yeah, you won't knock them down or anything like that, but that's where those follow-up shots are important. Shot placement, all that stuff matters. But like trying to un un I'm, I want to cuss, but yeah. I'm not going to. No, I know. Trying to get, <laughs> trying to get all that out of his head was <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. But within that 10, 15 minutes, I showed him the tips and tricks because he didn't know he was left eye dominant. And I found that out right away. Boom, done. Got him well, fixed, got it. him moved over. Yeah, got him moved over, adjusted. He's good to go because he's shooting right-handed, but over his right eye. So he can't even see the target, and that's why he's he's not doing very well. And then I adjusted his grip, showed him what the proper grip was, show him how if you just clamp down like this, you don't have to squeeze. You just put that inward pressure, and that's what helps control that recoil. And just little things like that, just little tips and tricks, he walked away and he was shooting so much better after 15 minutes. So, yeah. But that's the typical have- thing is bad advice. It's funny because I had a um, I had a customer one time that uh, bought a bought a rifle for his daughter because um, it's going to be her first hunting rifle. Right. And uh, you know I'd done transfers for him, and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to buy a, you know, I want to buy a, a, a left-handed gun." I'm like, "You're not left-handed," and, and he's like, "Yeah, it's for my daughter." And I'm like, "Okay." So he picked it up, and and then the next transfer I did for him, I'm like, "Well." How did that work? He goes, man, I tried teaching her how to shoot. Uh, I just, I, I found somebody who was left-handed to teach her how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a right-handed person trying to work a bolt. And it, it doesn't translate. Like, right. good for you for realizing that that was going <laughs> to be a problem. Right? Yeah. That you went out and found somebody who who is left-handed to teach them how to shoot. Because that's a thing. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that, that's a, that's a serious thing. How do you, how do you explain to a left-handed shooter how to shoot when you're doing it, when you're explaining everything right and then trying to reverse right. it in your head? It, so it doesn't work. That's the benefit of me is I can still run everything like you can. Yeah. The whole right setup, I can still run. Even the bolt, I'll keep it right because I have this fancy little hand over here working the bolt and I can stay on the trigger if I need to. So, I mean, it works out, but, but you're right. Like if I had to teach somebody how to shoot left-handed, thank God I can shoot left-handed. I am ambi as far as pistol goes, but I've trained myself to be that way because I'm always of the thought that God forbid my, my right takes a hit in the middle of a firefight or something like that, That's, I can switch over and run my left. So, yeah, because I mean, you think of like a timeout, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, you've got to, I mean, and that's, that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the other thing, like what I, you know, what I try to do with dry fire is I try to work um, support hand, right? Because yeah. I'll, I'll sit there and put my hand on my chest and it's like, okay. And that, that's a thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, we Uh, have to shoot it for quals. So you have to know how to shoot that firearm with the other hand. You have to, it's just, you never know. You start going through, 
how am I, and then if this hand goes down, how am I going to reload that gun? Yeah. Right? I got one hand. Mm -hmm. How am I going to reload it? And that's yeah. where you learn sights on the belt, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no. And then putting the mag behind your knee and stuff like that. There's yeah. so many ways that you can do it. I mean, it's a pain in the butt, but you've got to train those things for that what if. Yeah. Because you don't want, you don't want to learn. You don't want to learn when bullets are flying. Mm -mm. That's, nope. that's not going to be a good outcome. And, and the other thing too, that I teach is like, not all of us are, are gunfighters, right? Right. Not all of us are gunfighters. Just because you carry a gun and you think that, okay, I'm going to get into a shooting. I'm going to be the guy that saves the day or girl or whatever. That's not always the case. I mean, you might be a better asset pushing back. Yep. Maybe if it's an active shooter, I mean, I, I hope, the right people step up and do what needs to be done, but not everybody's going to fill that role because they're not mentally ready to handle that. And for you to put yourself in that situation or force yourself into that situation when you're not that person is making you a liability at that point. Well, it, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, for me, I've shot how many hundred thousands of rounds, right? Uh, I'm a competition shooter. Uh, not so much lately, but you know, I, I, I've I've trained to be a shooter. I know how to draw. I know how to shoot. I mean, I know how to do weekend. I I know all this stuff, right. but that's completely different when I'm talking about steel and paper. Yeah. Right. I have skills, but that those targets are not sending something back at me. Right. It's different when right? it's a two-way range. 100 yeah, exactly. Different. So you know, I and and those are the things that go through my head. You know, um, you know, I think about this stuff. I, I train and all that stuff. That is for my protection and the protection in my immediate area, right? Because right? this is this is going to be my sphere of influence right here, mm -hmm. right? Right. So once I'm outside of my sphere of influence, you know that you know that's my sphere of, of concern over there. At that point, I know I should be retreating. Right? Yeah, I mean, you should because, always want to avoid a gunfight. Exactly. Always. That should be your your thing, is, uh, especially if you're with your family. I'm going to tell you this. My family, I'm going to make sure my family's out. And mm -hmm. then I'm going to go handle business because that's just the mindset that I have. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure somebody may see this and think, oh, okay, whatever. But, I mean, it's not me trying to brag or anything like that. But I've been in those situations and I know how I act. I go quiet. I go quiet. I don't say anything. And I just go to work. That's all I think about. Well, that's that's your training. That's yeah. that's what you've been trained to do. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's because I, I, that's the thing. I I, I really hate. You know, there's certain certain things about this industry that I hate. Like you know, you hear these people. You know, out of my dead cold hands, right? You're going to get this gun out of my dead cold hands. And I'm sitting there going, 90% of you guys will be on your knees. You know, with your gun in front of you. <laughs> right. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't, I don't like to talk about people or make them feel less, lesser than me or anything like that. I just feel like I'm just a regular dude. Even if somebody's like, oh, well, you're trained and you've done this. Like, I don't feel that way. I just feel like I'm, I put my pants on the same way as you do. One leg yeah. at a time. 
Like there's nothing different about me. Yeah, I've had training, but that doesn't make me any different. But on the offhand is, is anybody can hide behind something and say something, right? Yeah. They can. Yeah. Just like me, they, they could say, oh, well, you're hiding behind a mask. Well, there there is kind of a reason why I'm behind a mask. I, You know, this is what I prefer, but I'm not coming out here running my mouth and all that stuff. It's just a mentality thing is, is what I run into, especially now being in here. And I just try to be humble and I, I try to transfer knowledge. And that's my key thing. If I can give you something of value that you can take with you that may either save your life or make your life better, make your training better. That's what I want to do. See, and that's the thing, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, as you're talking about this thing, I'm going through, you know, I've been through management and, and stuff like that. You're a servant leader. Yeah. yeah that you're, you're trying to transition, you know, it, it, you're not saying do this. You're going, this is how you do it. You're showing, you're going through things right. because you're trying to impart knowledge. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is how, you know, my training has given me this, this is and now I'm giving it to you. Um, so that way you can serve yourself. And yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. you're not trying to be a drill instructor. You're, you're <laughs> not a DI, right? No. Not at all. And I mean, it, it just comes down to the fact that um, I know doing the jobs that I've done. Let's just be realistic here. Somebody breaks into your house. How long is it going to take for somebody to get there? Uh, my house. Uh, so let's let's assume let's assume midnight. OK. Or, or yeah. you know, early in the morning. Yeah. The response time to my house would probably be uh, uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, so I'll say where I live, it might be five to seven minutes, depending. Now, having worked in a county that is 908 square miles, that you're patrolling 300 and something miles by yourself, and then being involved in a shooting like I was, how long do you think it took for the first unit to get to me out in the county? Uh, well, probably not that. Probably not as long. Well, well it depends. It, it, well, it depends. Yeah, it it took the closest city unit eight minutes to get on scene. By that point, I've already cleared the house. I've already yeah. requested a, a a life flight. So we can get the the spouse out because she was shot in the face, and I've already taken the guys into custody at this point yeah. because my my partner jumped in his vehicle and hid while I was in the middle of this this ordeal, which is fine. Like I said, not everybody's meant to do that, and I'm I'm just I'm yeah. never gonna talk about him poorly or anything like that. That was just his mentality. He's he's not from the same type of mindset, I guess, as I am. But like I said, you are your own protector. For those however many minutes it takes for law enforcement to get there, you have to be confident, you have to be trained, and you have to know what to do, how to get your get your family, especially if they're spread out all over the house. Like yep. us is upstairs and downstairs. Well, I've got to get the kids from upstairs down or push up. So I have the advantage and yeah. cover a stairwell because that is 
the worst place. If you're you come to my house, the worst place to be is in that stairwell. Because I'm gonna put a lot of hate and discontent that way. It's you a, know, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a well, it's a choke it's box. A, so I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a choke point. point. It, exactly. Yeah. So I'm gonna use everything that I know because you're on my turf now. You know. Yeah. So no, I, that's I, what I'm saying. It all comes down to understanding that once you get the firearm, get the training, look for like legitimate people. Don't just trust everybody on the internet because. Like I said, people are going to give you bad advice. They're going to give you poor advice. And that's the hard part is trying to filter out all that stuff. And like dudes like me that are all running around, well, you know, I I train people and I do this and I do that and I've done it. Like who who cares? The whole point is, are you going to provide something of value to me that I can take with me and either test it to see if it works or yeah. use it to protect myself and my family? That's the most important thing. Because, and that's the thing that I like about training. So, you know, for here, uh, Montana went permitless carry. Okay. So we don't need a permit to carry here. Uh, my wife and I, we have permits to carry. You know, you can still get permits to carry. It unlocks mm-hmm. a couple of other places that we can carry. Right. Um, there's no retraining uh, requirement. Okay. Right. But my wife and I, we will, like every two to three years, we will take a class. Right. Mm-hmm. And we will take it from another instructor. Yeah. So, you know, when we took our first class, um, it was uh, it, he was retired highway patrol here. <laughs> when I took that class, I'm looking at this guy going, there's no way in hell this guy's a cop. Right. He's right. he's kind of. He's kind of goofy and kind of happy. And I'm like, right. okay, well, yeah, well, you dispatch, you know, and all that stuff. And and he taught his class different. So it wasn't like a one-day thing. He's like, it was six days. Um, you had classroom training for two hours, you know, on a Wednesday night. And then next Wednesday night, you had two hours. Still, finally, you worked up the range day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this guy, okay, he's got it. And then he starts talking about, you know, he starts explaining, uh, you know, why do cops yell? And we're like, uh, they're like, we're trying to get you out of a mental state. Right. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And then he opens his mouth up. I'm like, oh shit, that's the cop. Right. You know, you know, and he starts, you know, he starts teaching us things that you don't get out of, you know, you go to concealed carry class. It's like, two hours of, you know, talking. And then it's like, yeah, let's go shoot some rounds. Yeah. This guy is actually teaching you a class. Then he's going to teach you to shoot. I learned so much from that guy. He set that bar so high for every instructor that has ever come after him. And I will tell you, um, I have yet to find an instructor that I've been to that has met his, that high bar. Right. You know, I've had, uh, I had an, uh, a, an instructor. My wife and I went to a, another class, and this guy was—he um, was a law enforcement academy instructor for another state. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. Well, you know, hey, we had we had good luck with with this guy. He was a cop. Okay, I will tell you that was one of the worst classes <laughs> I ever went through. Yeah, because um, he did his token two hours of instruction. Okay, now everybody put a magazine in, you know, rack the slide, put it in your holster. You're now all armed. Okay. Now we're going to go over to the bay. 
What's that? I said, appreciate that info. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, so now we're going to go over to the bay. And he had, a, he had, I think, 30 students in this class, right? Now, when we're in the bay, we are just about shoulder to shoulder trying to work guns, right? right. You know, trying to do the drills. My wife is a cross draw. Um, so she's on the far left. Okay. I'm right next to her. You know, and I'm like getting shells from her. The guy next to me is getting shells out of my gun. Um, it's it's kind of really miserable. And then he's also not paying attention to, you know, I understand he's trying to get everybody's gun to run dry so we work through uh, reloads. Right. But, you know, I'm sitting here shooting a SIG 229. I have, you know, what, 14 rounds in my gun. My wife's shooting a Beretta ninety uh, or eighty five, which has eight rounds. Yeah. Guy next to me is running a nineteen eleven, and so it's just, just random. It's just random when you're going to yeah. run out, right? Yeah. So he runs. You know, my wife's going to run out of ammo. You know, her, she's going to reload twice as fast as you know, twice as much as I am. Right. Well, then. So finally, he runs her out of all of her max, and she's just standing there. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm still shooting because I get, and the guy next to me, he's running out. And then finally it get, you get to the point where people just start walking off the firing line. Right. Because they got to, they got to go reload their mags. Yeah. And it's like, and the problem we had was, is he was stuck on some, uh, like teenager that's in the middle of the line. He's not paying attention to his class. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like, this is, this is not good. This is, this is not good. You know, and then he's like yelling at people for like walking away. Like, dude, we're out of ammo. <laughs> I mean, you you yeah, could have like so, said it when you're done, go reload. I mean, but yeah. besides that, it would have been a lot easier if you're like, okay, what's your round count? What's your round count? What's your round count? All right, yeah. we're going to go seven. Seven in your mag, practice those yep. reloads, and then go back. I mean, it's not that yeah. difficult. But no. like I said, it goes back <laughs> to you don't. Just because they're a professional, and I use that term loosely, okay, it doesn't mean that they're always going to be the best teacher for what you're looking for. But I will say I've been to some terrible classes, but I did learn something from them. I took away something from every class that I've been to, and even my repeat classes that I've done because I've done a lot of repeat classes. um, I learned something new, and that's the cool thing about being a student and really like getting the why behind that's that's me i'm big about the why what's what's the purpose of this why is it important those kind of things because then it helps me establish in my mind all right so this is why how do i tailor that to fit my why my purpose what am i doing so always a student man that's what i say yeah no i i I, and i agree with that i i I say that there's a learning opportunity in everything, right? Even you know, terrible one of, stuff. Even terrible. My <laughs> one of my management philosophies is is that there's a learn. You know, we're going to make mistakes. We're human, right? We're going to make mistakes. Yep. Mistakes. Yeah, you know, we don't try to make mistakes, but we learn from them, right? Yep. So you learn from you you learn from your mistakes. You 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 don't repeat it. 
Um, as bad as that class was, I mean, it was a bad class. Um, I did learn there, there were a couple of takeaways that we did. Yeah. Once we got off that static line and we start working drills where it's more one-on-one, -on -one, that's where I started learning, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I started going through things, he, there were times, um, you know, he cut um, drawing from my holster. He, he shaped, uh, you know, like, I forget what it was. It was like nine-tenths of a second off of my, my, my draw. And it's like, you know, I still remember that instruction. And it's like, you're, you're, the, you know, and it, it drove him nuts because at the time, my, my support hand, my front, you know, my left trigger finger was basically in front of the trigger guard, drove mm -hmm. him nuts, yeah. drove him nuts. Um, and then I, it was funny is I don't shoot like that anymore because he, he explains, like, I get people doing that. He goes, but, Let's move your grip a little bit. You know, now do this. And then what do you know? Hey, my shot started tightening up. Yeah. He changed my grip around. So I learned so much from him that it was, you know, once I got to that point. Well, what, did you notice one thing? And this is what I'll say. And I, I hope people try this out. Try it out just for poops and giggles. <laughs> yeah. And, and see how much looser your support hand is because of that. And then try to yeah. tighten it, like try to tighten it. And you'll see that you're really straining because you've got that finger out here instead of down yep. here where you can just squeeze it together with your forearms yeah. versus gripping it. And that's, I mean, and that I, I learned, I learned that that was huge for me. Yeah. Um, so those are things that you, yeah. And no matter how bad something is, you can still learn something. Yeah. And you might have to look for that lesson. Yeah. But and you should. It's there. Yeah, you yeah. should, no matter what. Like even bad leadership, like me growing up in the military, it, that's what kind of molded my leadership is seeing the bad and then seeing the good and putting the good stuff that I liked in my my leadership toolbox and taking the bad stuff that I didn't like and putting them in my toolbox. Why? Because then I'm gonna when I open it up, I'm gonna see it and I'm be like, okay, I don't want to do that. But I like yeah. this. So how do I make this better so I can put that as a positive thing? And that's what you do. You have to self-evaluate. You have to get in your own brain and tell yourself, hey, look, in order for me to become better, whether it's that shooting, whether it's getting more training, whether it's you know taking care of yourself. I mean, I'm having to go through those things as well. Self-evaluation. And you have to be honest. You can't yeah. just you know, lie to yourself and say, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good to go. You have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Ask, ask the question. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny. You, you know, I, I, I love the whole thing. I, I have a dumb question. And I, I usually joke around with people that ask that. I go, well, look, there's no dumb questions, but there are a lot of inquisitive idiots. <laughs> um, right. And, they, and they'll stop there and, and think about that for a second. I'm like, no, just ask the question. No matter how, if you have a question that that's a learning opportunity, yeah. there's something, there's something you did not get. I don't yeah. care what it is. You did not get something. This is the opportunity to correct that. Exactly. Ask the question. Yeah. Always ask the question. Yep. Yeah. So, cause you never know. Well, it may be something that they may have an answer for, but nobody's really brought up, yeah. but can help somebody else. Exactly. We, you know, I remember in college, we had this one professor 
totally he knew exactly what he was doing he was like the the best programmer for this thing right yeah. he couldn't teach to save his life <laughs> and we're sitting there in a class like oh well as a class we 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 actually learned that if we asked questions he would focus on that one student and the rest of us started learning so we i remember we were all sitting there talking one time so we actually chose one person in the class yeah. that you know it, it's your turn this class so that person would sit there in the class. He would say something, and they would go, "Why?" It's all they do. Why? I don't understand that. Why? Yeah. And then he would focus on that person, and we're all taking our notes, right? Okay. We started learning. Yeah. It's so weird that we we had to do as a class. We figured that out from the instructor. You know how to. Right. But that why is important for, like you said, not just for you, but for someone else. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyways, man, I know we've been recording for a little over an hour, and <laughs> it's a little bit. Be, it's been getting to be six o'clock your turn, so I'm sure you're probably wanting to get back to your family. So, I like to wrap things up with a speed round, just to kind of loosen things up. Sure. So it's just five questions. Uh, four of them are this or that, and then one thinking question. Okay. So, nine millimeter or forty-five ACP. Dude, nine millimeter all day long. <laughs> all day long. All day long. More rounds. Round count. That's what matters. More round count. Yeah. Pump action shotgun or over and under? Oh, I'll go pump. Just because yeah. I'm used to it. Because you're used to it? Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, it, it's funny. We were talking offline about that, about that 870 Wingmaster video. That was literally my first gun when I was a kid. <laughs> wow. I learned off a pump action shotgun. Yeah. So for hearing protection. Okay. Earmuffs or earplugs? Uh, both. Both. There you go. And the, the reason why is because I've been through a ton of explosions. Believe it or not, I have a hearing aid. So I'm, yeah, I'm it's, over 40 with a hearing aid. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my wife just says I just don't listen to her, but it's really just a hearing problem. Well, you know, <laughs> my wife will say the same thing, too, because she knows I'm not actually listening to her. Something else is going on with the hearing aid because I'm watching YouTube or something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 556 five, or 762? Okay. Oh, man. You're talking about 51 or 39? 51. NATO, uh, NATO cartridge. Three, 308. 308 all day, huh? Yeah. There you go. Because it's a hitter, man. I like 5.56 yeah, five, like because, like, we'll we'll just put it to an end of world. You know, something happens here in the U.S. What's going to be the most common calibers? Nine millimeter and 5.56. Five, 223. I'm going to, of course, I'm going to have an AR, you know. Yeah. You, you won't see me running, like, six eight or anything crazy like that because six, six, five creed more yeah, <laughs> yeah. any anything where 450 so caught no, no none of that no yeah no i'll I, just keep the yeah yeah and then oh, for your final question if you could have any any machine gun that has ever existed just one. Okay. You know, you could have any one machine gun that has ever existed. Which one would you want? So are we talking belt fit? Or are we talking about... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Ooh. A machine gun. 
full auto. Hmm. Oh, that's so tough. I know. That's why. That that's really... why it's the last question. Because I fired so many. You got the M138. You got the Mark 19. I mean, I like putting explodey things on targets. We'll go Mark 19. I like the M138 uh, Gal, but or the Gatlin, but yeah, that Dylan Arrow is nice. But explodey things on target. That's really nice, Thanks. especially in the mountains. Thanks. I know from go. experience. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for taking time yeah. to, to talk to me tonight. Tell the audience where they can reach you because you have a YouTube channel. And for everybody that's watching or listening, I will have the links down in the description for you. So if you're listening to this on the audio side, don't try to write this stuff down. Just come back and yep. click the link in the description. But how do people get in touch with you? Because you... You have YouTube. You I have, have YouTube. I have IG. I've got a Twitter. Um, I've got Facebook. But I think it's like they make you like put a name in there. So I had to put like a, a fake name kind of thing <laughs> yeah. in there just to make the accounts link. Um, but the link tree, I'll give you the link tree. And then you can okay. put that in there. And then they can just hit everything. But um yep. Mainly Instagram. That's kind of been my focus is IG. And then I'm starting to kind of branch out to these other things. But um, angry underscore Sarge. This logo right here. That's what it looks like. There you go. If you see that, that's me. Um, YouTube. Have the nods on there. Yes. Yes. I only have 14s, <laughs> but I ran 31s for a long time. So that, that's why they kind of stuck in. <laughs> stayed with it so eventually 31s we'll see how this whole uh, youtube affiliate there thing you happens so but yeah youtube instagram twitter facebook um i have an email angry sarge g01 at gmail.com so if you really need to reach me awesome. and you can't find me um i can get you my link link tree and you can subscribe follow share whatever you want to do but please awesome i'm just a dude humble guy um i appreciate any and all support that i get and i do respond to comments i mean i missed one i'll tell you what was it um eight or so weeks ago i missed a comment i just went back and responded today and that dude was happy that i i responded so yeah i'll i'll catch it and I try to make sure I keep up with the community. I also have a discord, so that will be in the link tree as well. If you want to come over to our discord, we, uh, we discuss builds. We discuss a lot of bit of everything except the politics yeah. to kind of keep those out. So if you, you're into politics, plenty of other places you can go. You don't want to come to my discord because they'll be like, we're not talking about it. So, yeah. And that's the thing is because, um, you know, I just joined your discord today yeah. um, and I was out there looking around and man, I, second I joined, man, everybody was like, hey. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. I was looking around. You have troubleshooting. You've got all kinds of, of things there. It's Yeah. And we do video games, too. Like I play Call of Duty. I've got some other guys that play Call of Duty and some other stuff. So um, awesome. we try to keep it friendly and open and if you want to come in there and ask a question or you need help or 
anything like that, you're needing questions, you know, you have a question about gear, you want to try to set your stuff up. I mean, that's what we're here for is to, to help with that knowledge. And I'll tell you, there's really only maybe one tactical guy on there that, that knows this <laughs> stuff, but <laughs> the rest of the guys that they, they can help you with build their builders, their old MGB crew, um, P80 Ralph crew, all that. So we're all kind of awesome. meshed as one into into that Discord. So awesome! All right, man. Well, thank you so much for yeah. taking time no, out thank, your day to talk to us. Thank you for having me, man. This is different. Yeah, I I haven't ever done not alive, if that makes sense. So this is <laughs> this is a different take on it. But yeah, it's no. a little it's a little different doing the recordings just because you don't have that audience over there. Um, right. I'm not but, having to do this. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to keep up with the comments because it's crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much for uh, for jumping in, man. It's been great having you. No, I appreciate it. It was good to meet you. And this, this whole thing was pretty cool. I was kind of nervous about it. I'm not going to lie because usually I have questions already done for my guests. So we kind of have a format that we follow. But this was a lot easier. You kind of briefed me ahead of time on, on what we were going to talk about. So that was cool. I appreciate awesome. it. And obviously I'm going to check out more on the channel. My guys, they already know you and the ones that don't are going to start coming over to see you. So awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So yeah. thank you everybody for checking out the video. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you got something from it. I'm, I hope that I was able to provide some kind of uh, value that you'd want to come check me out. Absolutely. And we're definitely going to tell everybody and make sure everybody gets over to your content. Appreciate it. Man, I had a super time talking to Sarge. We talked about a half hour before, then we're, we just got talking. I'm like, man, we better start hitting record or else we'll be here all night. Recorded that podcast. And man, I think we talked for about an hour and a half afterwards. And man, my respect for that guy went through the absolute roof. He's a super amazing guy. He's got a great community. I love going out to his Discord channel. You know, I joined that Discord channel right before the podcast to go check it out. And I got welcomed. Like people were like, hey, welcome. And I was looking around at people helping people with their builds, troubleshooting, all kinds of stuff. So definitely, if you are in the builder community, you're going to want to check out his Discord channel because you'll get so much help there. Super amazing people. And, well, he's got some great content on Instagram and he's starting to come out with some content on YouTube. So you're definitely going to watch, want to watch what he's got going on. Now, I want to talk to you about the product of the podcast. Now, up here, I've had these boxes for a while that you may have seen. These Smith & Wesson boxes are the Bullseye Ultimate Throwing Combo Set. I started playing around with throwing knives last year. And it's this is the set. It's super fun. It's super frustrating at first. But it's a lot of fun once you start getting knives to stick. And this set, you will get three tomahawks, three throwing knives, three cleavers, and my personal favorite. You will get four throwing playing cards. That's right, 
playing cards you can throw and stick into some wood. Super fun. I, I really love throwing knives because, man, if you want to work out some frustration, there's nothing like taking a knife and just throwing it into a piece of wood and having that thing just, you hear that thunk. Super fun. Go check this out. I'll have a link in the description below. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, right over there, I have some other content for you. Go check that out. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. I look forward to talking to you again soon.